Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Everybody, welcome back to the Panthers Brawl. As always, alongside my co-hosts, Shanti Stewart, Tyler Brisky, and actually now in the <laughs> same building, Jeff Taylor. Uh, we are very happy to be back. I know we're all bored out of our minds um, with this coronavirus, or a lot of people are finally calling coronacation, which I think is just trying to put a light light spin on a very, very touchy uh, couple weeks that it has been. Um for Shantis and I, today is kind of hard. Uh, it was announced earlier this week that the University of South Carolina will not be resuming its classes in person for the rest of the semester. And uh, if you didn't know, Shantis and I were in our last semester of college. So yeah. uh, for us, Shantis, you know, going through all, all he's gone through in college and the, the, the extra year or so, I know he was looking forward to getting to, and we'll still get to walk hopefully at some point, but <laughs> it's it's not fun. And then coronavirus has been affecting not only us, I mean, we know we have it a lot better than some people. There, are, I mean, millions of people, or not, well, yeah, millions of people are dying across the world, and our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who is affected by it. And um, it's even hitting close to home in terms of football. Isn't that right, Tyler? Yeah, that, definitely. I think you covered it pretty well. And um, basically, so for us, like, we're in the, such a good business in areas that we can kind of distract ourselves pretty well. Um, we've, we've had a pretty busy week for the NFL, which is huge for them. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton also has the coronavirus. And, you know, even though he's coaching our rival teams, we just wish him the best of luck and just to be safe. And, you know, everyone just out there, just make sure you're, you know, being clean and washing your hands. Um, but there's some other pretty big stories this week, including um, uh, some people will call him the GOAT. Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers. And um, it's in our division for the Panthers, so that's something we'll get into later on. But that's going to have some, you know, big implications on our seasons now. And then um, finally, just um, the new CBA passed, so that's how we were able to start uh, the, you know, the whole uh, free agency. If that didn't pass, we wouldn't have been able to. And so um, now, actually, with that, there's a 17-game season now, and then two extra playoff teams. Um, so. That's a whole different way. Um, it's not going to happen this season, but the uh, the 17 games won't happen this season, but the playoffs will. Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of it just because I thought it was perfect the way it was. But what this will do is put a lot more money in the hands of the owners. And when it comes down to money, uh, it's hard to turn that down. Yeah, it's been kind of nice. Like you were saying, I mean, we're – it's funny being in a business of, of sports broadcasting and now there's no sports. So yeah. it's been kind of, and it was something that uh, we were talking about earlier. It was that like being a journalist, the normal journal, you know, a news journalist in this time, like Shanti's and IR, it was a, like uh, the band that's playing is that Titanic was going down and they're still doing their job. And 
that's what we feel like we're doing. But <laughs> it's nice getting to do this podcast to distract us from everything outside. And that's what sports do, really, and is they distract you from, you know, the rest of the of the world. And so especially now, we hopefully hopefully we'll get an influx of listeners as everyone's kind of bored and not doing anything. You know, as I think about, you know, the NFL and the decision they had to make whether to start the, you know, the year, their year, uh, to let the free agency roll on, you know, for me and I know for you guys and a lot of people out there with the March Madness gone and NBA gone and all that gone, you know, at least it was something to brighten your day each day. I mean, in this crazy world, just to be able to get on Twitter, refresh and find out what's going on. You know, the NFL to me has always been the GOAT. I'll refer to the NFL as the GOAT. Um, but, you know, and they just, you know, when when nothing, when everything else failed, um, the NFL was there. And I know they're going to get some ribbing. You know, they're going to do some stuff with the draft. But to do free agency and let things go down the way they did, I think was a uh, I think it was a success for them. And I think as, as sports fans, we all we all needed that. And I think it'll kind of go down as one of the craziest free agency first weeks in NFL history, at least as I've been alive for, because not only just the amount of things that transpired in that one week, but also, and in the first couple days, really, but also just the events surrounding it, like you were saying, nothing else was really happening. So everyone was paying a lot more attention to it. And I mean, you talked about it a couple seconds ago, one of the biggest moves probably since Jordan going to the Wizards is that Tom Brady, God forbid, will now be in the NFC South. And we have another insane quarterback that we have to deal with in the NFC South. So isn't that just, isn't that just peachy shanties? Yeah. I mean, you know, I like the move. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of, I'm, a, I'm actually happy. He went to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got a lot of talent. And I mean, they, that's a team that's really, if you look at that roster top to bottom, that's a team that's really built to win right now. If you look at the talent, if you look across the board, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones on offense, and that defense again. With, I think, what's the name? Thank what's, you. What's, what's the last name? What's the guy? He, he led the league in sets. His last name Barrett. I can't remember his first name. Oh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I mean, like having 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 guys like that. That team is ready to win now, and Tom Brady can get the best out of that team to get over to get over the top, finally make the playoffs, and finally make a playoff push. But Kenny, and that's my question. And I mean, I'm not, you know, I, and you know. I know being 52, at some point, Father Time catches up with you. So my question becomes, he, great, he's got all that talent around him. You know, and, and I know um, there's this chance that, you know what, let's face it. I mean, he can't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. You know, he's got a dink and dunk. So you know that. Um, now, granted, Tampa Bay has all the weapons around him. My question is, and I'll give it up to uh, Tyler there, is there a little bit of doubt? I mean, we're talking the goat, but we're talking about the goat in the past. What is he going to bring at forty-three years old to the to the Bucks? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a whole different thing from New England. They were, you know, they let him towards the end of his career. They kind of built it, um, you know, run the ball um, with Sony Michelle, and they drafted some big offensive linemen early on. But now with Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians, it's this, you know, vertical passing scheme with uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, a lot of speed. A lot of talent too, and um, I think for like some of the guys on the Buccaneers, I think for Godwin, that's like huge for him because he plays in the slot role and he'll, right. he'll have closer passes. But I think for Mike Evans, that kind of hurts him because you know Brady's obviously a much better quarterback than Jameis Winston, but Winston can sling it, and that's kind of Evans' game of just you know going deep. But I think they'll do their best the rest of this offseason to surround um, him with you know, more weapons. I mean, you guys saw it today. Todd Gurley got released, and, you know, there's some rumors there with yeah. him going. Oh, I, oh my gosh. I didn't think about that. 
because well, yeah. I couldn't even say the running back's name for the Bucs, Ronald Jones. I couldn't even remember his name until Shantice just said it. But, I mean, we all talk about Ty Gurley, and that's another big move getting cut. But, I mean, how much more do you think Ty Gurley can still contribute? Yeah, you know, he's had those knee injuries. Um, and it's just been a thing with him ever since he was in college. And, you know, to some people it was a real surprise that he was released today. But they owed him $10 million today. And it's kind of, it's kind of like a precursor what happens when you pay running backs and might be something for us to consider actually when we, when we end up paying McCaffrey um, because it didn't really work out too well with um, for the Rams and Gurley there, but for the, um, basically the rest for Brady um, for us, I don't think it matters too much because he's only going to be there for one or two years. And I don't think we're really in a window then uh, to be honest with you. And um, so I think they'd probably be the favorites right now from the NFC I, I mean, maybe, but um, they, they got some young players on their defense, but I'll just be interested to see what they do the rest of this offseason to surround Brady. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I mean, the one ish, because if you think about it, Brady's never really had a strong running attack. That's not something that he his offenses has ne- have needed. And the fact that pairing him with Bruce Aarons, I think, will help a lot. And I think we all know how good he can do with tight ends. O.J. Howard is a top-tier tight end in this league, and that was with Jameis Winston. So being utilized with Tom Brady and same with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans might catch a little bit of the blow. But, I mean, even if you have like a like a poach, a post-hitch post kind of route, you know, with trips on the side, I mean, you got O.J. Howard running that post, maybe have Chris Godwin coming for that hitch, and then even if you can try to send Mike Evans out on that post again too. I mean, if he only has to throw it 20 yards, Mike Evans is also very good in terms of yards after cat and running after catch. He can push off you. I mean, he's a big guy. And so if you can get him – at least some open space, 15, 17 yards, I think he can make something happen. Like you were saying, I mean, they definitely have to get an offensive line around him because their offensive line is, is is below average at best. It is not – there's not a whole lot of big heavyweights on that line. But you talk about the defense too, like you were saying. I mean, Vita Vea, R.J. Barrett, uh, not – do we say – was it Quan Alexander that left or was it Levante David that left? It was Levante so you And you still have Levante David. They could use some more corner. They could use some more, defend, uh, some more defensive backs. They could probably – so, I mean, but you have all free agency. And look at the amount of cornerbacks and safeties that are in free agency right now, you know? I mean, they could go – What imagine if they go pick up Logan Ryan and reunite Logan Ryan and Tom Brady. You have that Patriots kind of yeah. – you have that already. Yeah. I mean, you think of Logan Ryan, that's a that's a top five defense right there. So, I think it will be very interesting. It's like you were saying, I think they're favorites too because if you look at the Saints and the, and the, and the uh, Buccaneers right now, the only major difference that I'm seeing in those two teams is the offensive line and the running backs. The Saints have the edge there. But for the most part, everything else kind of lines up in reality. And now you have two older quarterbacks propelling these younger, fast-paced offenses. So, I mean, it'll be very interesting because I know we're not anywhere we're not anywhere near in contention. And I don't think the Falcons are going to get their crap together in the next year or so, especially after all the moving pieces they've had this offseason. But um, I think the interesting thing, too, is, and it's a lingering question that's been out there when you talk about Brady, is there's always been that question, who made who? Did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick or did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady? Now, my prediction is that Tom Brady will probably take the Bucs to the playoffs, and I can see the Patriots going like 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine or something like that, and everybody will find – and I think that's what Brady really – I don't know that Brady – he wants to win the Super Bowl, but I really think he wants to make a statement this year that I'm Tom Brady and I did this as Tom Brady and not part of the New England Patriots and the dynasty that was. I'm curious to see that, and I see Shanti's kind of – Rolling with his eyes are trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, well, here's the thing about that, and a lot, of people, a lot of people don't understand this, is that most quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. You can right. name you can name most of the top 10 Absolutely. quarterbacks in, in the league, 
and the system quarterbacks, and there's nothing wrong with that. And most coaches, yeah, they yeah, you, you're gonna need a quarterback that can that can play to keep you alive in this league. So I think that is a question that I think both of those guys want to answer. I think Bill Belichick wants to be able to answer the fact that hey, I can win without Tom Brady, even though he had a little bit of history prior to Tom that wasn't that successful. And Tom Brady definitely wants to prove that I'm I'm just the guy. But at 43, yeah. what, how is he? 40, 43, I don't think he has to prove 43. nearly as much as it, as he thinks he has to prove. But I know him being the competitor he is, he's going to want to prove that in the next two years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's driving him. He, he does not have to prove anything to anybody in reality. He does not have to prove and cement his, 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 uh, his role in the league anymore. He already has done that. But he's still going to. Because, honestly, I was not surprised. That he, no, I don't think anyone was surprised that the Patriots. I think people were just surprised that he didn't straight up retire. I thought he was going to retire just because what more could you accomplish? I mean, you know, other than winning a Super Bowl or winning a lot of games and not being on the Patriots. But back yeah. up. Think about this. Think, think about this, though. What was the last pass he threw in Gillette Stadium? Yes, it was a pick six. It was but a it pick was six. A hold on. To Logan Ryan, pick six or whatever. So that's that, and they lose to the Titans. What if all of a sudden he does struggle and the Bucks go seven and nine, don't make the playoffs? Obviously, Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, won the Super Bowl. If Tom falls down here and, like, let's just say he goes 7-9, and nine, does that hurt his legacy? A I'm little a, bit, a little bit. I'm going to take the reins on this one because, first off, <laughs> here we go. First off, <laughs> here we go. Peyton Manning did not win that Super Bowl. Peyton Manning did absolutely nothing. Their offense scored one touchdown that Super Bowl. Their defense won that Super Bowl, and the Zebras on the field won that Super Bowl for the Broncos. And before that season... who they play? We're not going to talk about that. Before that season, Peyton Manning's rec- his stats were abysmal. Even his last his what, last three, four years, he was playing horribly. And I don't think that anything that... If Brady were to go 7-9, and nine, unless he were to put up 30 interceptions or have... And just absolutely... I don't think anything... I don't think him playing horribly is going to hurt his career because he's 43. What did you expect? But... That's my opinion. Oh, no. That's good. Well, does anyone else have an opinion? Oh, no, no. I, I can roll with that. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, I, I'm cool. I mean, but you know what I'm getting You know what I'm getting at? You know what I'm getting yeah. at? I mean, there is that realm of, listen, whether Peyton, you know, didn't, whatever, he scored one touch, whatever. He won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. I will I say this, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. His name, Peyton, now Peyton is one of those, those rare guys that he was the system. So I think that's the difference between Peyton and Tom. Peyton can go. Peyton went to went to Denver and had a career resurgence and looked just as fine as he did in, in Indianapolis. He's fine. Obviously, that Super Bowl he didn't do much. But by that time, his body had gave up on him, and that's cool. And, and that's what that is what it is. I think Tom's gonna realize that you know it, it's it's a little different. I think he'll this team will make the playoffs, but they won't make the playoffs as a they're gonna be a wild card. They're not yeah. they're not gonna, they're not gonna be a top two seed in the NFC. I think the NFC's too loaded. As far as like the teams in other divisions, like in the NFC North, and the I mean, and in the, in the NFC West, I'm like I just, I just couldn't see them making it outside of being a wild card. But I, he'll, he'll be successful. He just won't be what Peyton was in his la- in his last five years playing right. for the Broncos. Right. As I, I like I said, he was abysmal. I mean, he did do well, but he didn't do he didn't put up insane numbers, especially that last season. But it, it, the the worst part and the funny part is is that we already thought that in reality that this division was one of the more tough was one of the toughest divisions to play in as it is it's been that kind of in that area for a while now now it's got it's probably one of the best quarterback divisions 
in the entire NFL. I mean, in terms of all four quarterbacks, because I mean, if Matt Ryan gets the Falcons can get their crap together, Matt Ryan can play. I I am not the biggest proponent of Matt Ryan, but he gets he he gets results. He really yes. does. I mean, eight and eight, eight, and so we went somehow went to now having the worst quarterback in the division, or depending upon how this year goes. So, I mean, we all kind of had discussed it. And of course we'd all discussed camp leaving, but we never actually wanted to believe it was going to happen. But what are y'all's thoughts about the Teddy Bridgewater signing? And not, not it can be about the signing. It could be the way he was picked up or what you think is going to happen. Just any, any thoughts? Um, good sign. Best free agent quarterback you could get, you could get, uh, borderline, franchise guy depending on if you put the talent around him I just obviously I just hate how it happened because I think we won't fans won't appreciate Teddy for what he is and how good he can be because of how this all came to be so I think that's going to be the part that's going to play a, a factor in how fans perceive this deal happening but it was a good deal it was it, if you were going to rep- replace Cam that was a guy that, I, that I'm okay with you replacing him with mm-hmm. yeah so what is this episode eight yeah, I talked about the whole quarterback situation for, you know, probably half the episodes. We, we discussed it over and over again. And um, I think just the way this happened, it was handled so poorly by the Panthers. Because as we are recording this right now, Teddy and Cam are still both on the roster. And, um, yeah, and yesterday, the Panther social media is posting out, thank you, Cam Newton. Yeah, he's still on the roster for now. And so we're trying to try to – trying to find a trade partner for him now and it just doesn't seem to be much of a market so i think he's going to get released in the next 24 hours probably and um so that leaves you know teddy with his 20 million a year i thought that was a pretty good deal financially but my thing is we're clearly not in a winning window right now we're not gonna re we're not. When you advance science, you advance society. The American Association for the Advancement of Science is the leading voice for science professionals and advocates, supporting research, education, and outreach. Join us. Click the ad or visit AAAS.org. We're trying to rebuild, and my thing is that Teddy's too good um, for a rebuild. We're going to win too many games, and we're going to be stuck in that purgatory 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight area, which is the worst thing you can be stuck in in the league. And um, that's my fear because when when you sign Teddy to that three year deal, you're, you're kind of locked in. And I don't think I don't see us going quarterback at seven now. That with Teddy's on a three year deal, that just wouldn't be um, just wouldn't be worth it. And I mean, you know, as a player, I've always really liked Teddy. You know, accurate passer, kind like kind a little bit like Tom Brady, how we talked about. Like I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady or anything, but you know, very accurate, not a big arm. Um, he, he avoids a rush and extends plays pretty well, but, um, it just, yeah, kind of like Sean T said, just the way it all happened, is just pre- pretty handled poorly. I, I agree with you guys. I think when I think about Teddy, I, I can't see him as the franchise guy. And I think the gist is, you know, Matt rule and, and David Tepper say they have a plan and it's a five to seven year plan or whatever. So, but I agree with everything you guys have said. My concern is their offense really is not it's 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 a good offense it's a good solid offense that can win ball games the defense on the other hand who knows so i agree with you guys are you going to get into that seven and nine possibly eight and eight and then you're in that middle of the pack and then do you go for a you know and i'm going to disagree with you a little bit it wouldn't surprise me to see them jump on a jordan love or justin herbert at number seven and get that quarterback 
and think that Teddy's going to be a two-year deal or something like that and, and go that route. I think, I think Teddy's a good signing. I think he's great for what they want. I think that it's that that's not their franchise quarterback. It's let's get some at least something out on the field. Um, and, and you're really, it, like you said, it's that you got to keep fans happy. Listen, whether you rebuild or not, people in the NFL want to see their team win. That that at the end of the day, you want to win ball games. But it's almost, and we've talked about it in our household a little bit. It's almost like the Charlotte Hornets. You know, you got rid of um, Kimball Walker, who was the star, and now they have enough where they're just competitive enough that they're probably going to be in that NBA middle of the pack where they can't get that top draft pick that's going to escalate them. So I think Teddy, and I do agree with everything they've said, I think, and I think we're going to talk about it in a minute, I don't like the way they treated Cam. Um, I think Cam has earned way too much respect for the way that it went down. I think Teddy is that stopgap for a year or two. I would not be stunned, though, to see them go quarterback first round. I would 100% be uh, upset if we did because with the amount of other holes that we have, because that's the thing, if you were to get, because in my mind, Jeff is right, that our offense, other than the offensive line, can be a top-tier offense, especially with the way I think Joe Brady's going to run this offense. As you were talking about, uh, Tyler, he's that kind of short yardage guy, and you can have Curtis and you can have DJ coming off the slots. coming. And Seth Roberts is one of those hybrid guys. I honestly, and we'll talk about it later, but – I think that, that only added more uh, weapons to our offense, and you can have the same thing. So I'm expecting this kind of high-velocity, quick-tempoed offense with that Joe Brady's going to run, and whether or not the defense can do it, can can hold on or not, is left to be seen. But if in my mind, if you were going to try to get a quarterback, because because we said Teddy was something that I was vi- vying for the entire time. I didn't know we were going to do everything else that we've done, and that makes me kind of work. Because you trade away Trey Turner. Who are you getting? Now we get Russell Okung. Like, who are you getting to protect Teddy? Because Teddy, like we said, can scramble, but we don't. Want, if, if it's week seven and he's been, he's had to drop back over a hundred times, and he's getting hit quarterback hits regardless of how many times he's thrown it. You know, way many too many times. Then it's going to stop. It's gonna, it's it's gonna deteriorate. So in my mind, if you were to get a quarterback, I wouldn't be horribly upset if we were to get a quarterback, say in round two, and it was to get someone who can be that same kind of Teddy type and stay with me. Maybe get someone like Jalen Hurts that can learn from Teddy in those two, three years and maybe develop more into what he could be an NFL talent. Because that's you would be that same kind of guy, that same kind of body, and that same kind of mindset. I don't know if, how much it will work or not, if we want that or not, but I would be very upset if we got a quarterback that seventh pick because there are way too many other holes that we need to fix right away. Um, but you're right, and you, t- you talked about it, Jeff. It's, it's something that I thought was going to change. When Tepper came in, it seemed like in, in 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 honoring Steve Smith, honoring these former players, and let it and you know re-signing Jonathan Stewart to let him retire, or you know cutting TD, but in a nicer way, something that in the culture was going to change. But then it's very reminiscent of Smitty, where this is obviously a different situation, but especially because for months the Panthers were trying to break the narrative that we were getting rid of Cam. Matt Rule had said it. David Tepper had said it. They had kept, and they weren't concrete with it, but they were saying Camden's our guy. We want Cam to play. So were you just lying to us, or did you change your mind in the span of two days? And it was all Matt. Like that's what I don't want. I don't understand because you're right. They treated Cam like an old couch and threw him on the sidewalk, hoping that somebody would come pick him up. Let me flip it on the uh, back to Teddy for just one second. The interesting thing about Teddy Bridgewater too is I'm wondering how much Joe Brady had a say in this move because Brady was at LSU. Oh, I think he definitely had Brady at LSU. Oh, yeah. You know, and and Bridgewater, you know, Teddy at at the Saints. So I'm wondering that LSU, that New Orleans kind yeah. of deal, 
I'm wondering how much Brady had to play in that. Well, you look at Brady is with the Saints, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm wondering to go ahead. Well, I'm you sorry. look at look at a handful of some of our of our our signings this free agency period, and you look. There's a lot of ties to Matt Rule and Joe Brady in these signings. And I don't now. That's not necessarily a bad thing per se, because you get the familiarity. It's not like nepotism, but to a point, it starts to get a little weird. Like with Keith, uh, Keith Kirkwood, he played. He has very big connections with Joe Brady and with Matt Rule, and there's a couple other guys that have it as well. So we'll talk about that in a bit too. But just talking about Cam even more. I mean, just the fact that it was kind of like Smitty, the amount of memories that he gave to the city, the energy that he brought to each game, and how much he meant to revitalize the team. For him to get just tossed to the curb like this, and for like you were saying, if we we signed now we signed Teddy too early. Before we could have gotten maybe a little bit for Cam, but now you signed Teddy that early. Now every NFL team knows you have nothing to leverage, yeah. and no one's going to take give us more than we anything that's Cam's actually worth. And the, from the get go, Cam played it perfectly. Cam made it known that he wanted to be a Carolina Panther. Yeah, he didn't make Cam, it Cam, Cam made it the entire time of. I want to be here. I'm going to do this. And if it ends up not being me, guess who is the bad guy? Yeah. The front office. And they still and, did that. I mean, the thing, about, the thing about it is, and this goes back to a few episodes ago, if you remember me talking about David Tepper and how he's handling everything badly. And another thing to where, like, I don't need my owner to talk this much. He talks for me entirely way too much for you to own the team. Hey, you own the team and be in the background, that's fine. But when you start looking at owners that talk a lot, I look at Jerry Jones, and he's run a bad franchise for over 20 years now. Yep. That that's been a bad franchise for over 20 years because he he's overly involved in football decisions where he's not a football guy. You don't get paid to make football decisions. You're, you own the team, that's great. Let the football guys make make the football decisions. You kept Marty Herney, which we couldn't understand. He was an interim, he was an interim before Tepper got there. I don't understand why it worked. Revitalizing this franchise and Clint and going and going anew while we're keep while we're getting rid of a head coach and keeping a GM. That if we look at the if we look at 10 years prior, he was the reason why we got Cam. Mm-hmm. The decisions he made were, were the reason why we got him. So I just think a lot of a lot of my issues stem from Tepper just Tepper and the rest of this and the rest of this group not having a true direction. Because I don't I don't I like Teddy, but I didn't want to sign Teddy if we were going to tank. If we, if we were going to be bad, be bad, and just I don't want to be eight and eight because we we we've done this before. We've sat in that seven and nine, eight and eight, no man's land where we where we keep picking at number fifteen, and if you don't hit, then there you go again. You're seven, nine, eight, and eight again. It keeps going. It's keep it's uh, it's a perpetual cycle until they all just caves in and you draft Jimmy Clausen, and then we go you know two and fourteen, <laughs> and then maybe get another Cam Newton. And I, that was it's just and then to to try and pawn it off like. Cam was asking for a trade when you know you have one of the most vocal quarterbacks in social media. You know he's going to say something in his awful font that no one can read. Yeah, what the heck? I don't know. I, I can't. I've never. That's the one. I just tried to defend Cam with everything else, but that's the one thing I can never defend Cam with. I was like, I can't tell you. But and and other players came out with it too. Mario Addison was like, Yeah, look it. This is not what happened because I, I and that was the part that annoyed me is that you knew damn well that it was you doing it and then you're trying to pawn it off just because i think they knew that cam was probably going to take some heat either way so like i eh, just push it on him make people think that he's the one asking for a trade because he's a diva or he's a, like it would be it, it would that's what made me the most angry really yeah. Tom? yeah you know actually i think herney's gonna get fired after the draft um oh, i hope so you know um, we'll, 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 
Well, we t- I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut, but we talked about this with Kevin Donnelly. We were asking him why he thought Herney, because Herney was around the time that, you know, that Cam would have been, or that he would have been picked uh, on the team. But we were like, why has he not been gone? He was like, well, what you have to, what y'all have to realize with GMs is that, you know, and it's something that people know, but I don't think about. The league season starts February 3rd, February 6th, whenever the day was. So it's not like we, and it goes up until either the draft or into the regular season. So it's not like he could have just been taken out already. He was already making decisions for the draft. And so I think it's hopefully, and I hope that's what's going to happen too, because there's no way yeah. he can stay here any any longer. There's no way yeah. they're going to clean the whole staff, and he's not going to be out. Yeah, that's what's unfortunate about it is that he's going to go through the draft. Yeah, like, I wish yeah. we would have made made this decision back in you know December January, but I think I think it's yeah I think they all know Hernie's going to be gone and. Um, a few months ago, actually, the Panthers tried to sign. Um, his name's not coming to my mind. He's the GM of the Browns now. He was with Philly, and um, mm. they were trying to bring him in to make a lot of the decisions. And they were probably going to promote him to general manager. And that's where I kind of thought, um, you know, Hernie would be gone. But the Eagles didn't let him interview with us because it wasn't an upgrade um, from his uh, current job. So that's how that kind of tipped me off that, you know, Hernie might be seeing the end of his days here. Say what you want about Herney. What bothers me, and, and Shanti's got to it, Tepper is – when you mention David Tepper and Jerry Jones in the same sentence, it's not good. that's not good. Not and good we're, at we're at the point where people are starting to think Tepper, Jones, the same type of owner. And that – I mean, like you said, it's been 20 years of uh, some pretty stout players wearing the star on their helmet, and they haven't done squat – and you're gonna get that, yeah. And it's just, I, I agree with you, dude. That 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 scares me a little bit. You never hear from any owners this much. Do you hear from Amy? Amy, I'm shrunk. No. Yeah. You. I mean, unless it's for some other things outside of football. You she never, gives a million dollars to the yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Tornado. You hear about that, but you never hear. And no. that's my problem is that we went from because you can talk a little bit. That, like it's okay for the GM to, or the owner to make a little bit of football. Yeah, you went from fun. the silent well, owner. Well, she told she told Mike Vrabel and John Robinson the Titans. I love Marcus. But if you need to make a decision regarding Marcus, make it. Yeah, and well, it's like so. And we, it's like well, we went from that I was talking to Chinese about. We went from one of the least vocal and least emotional owners right. ever in Bulldog Jerry Jones, who would start <laughs> Jerry Jones, Jerry Richardson, who would sit there every game, make the same face, and not no matter what was happening. To now the polar opposite in David Tepper. But on a on a on a fun note, at least we don't have Bill O'Brien. Correct. We <laughs> could be. Right. We don't have Bill O'Brien, and that is something I can sleep well knowing now. I don't have to deal with that. Yeah, because they're just an absolute dumpster fire right now, and I don't understand how. And I love it. Oh, yeah, of course you love it. But, so okay, talking – running back to Cam. So do we think he's where, – where do you think Cam, Cam is going to land, if anywhere? I'm positive that hopefully he will still land somewhere. I know we're probably not going to get anything for him. But right. for me, I want Cam to be successful because the worst part about all this, too – the worst part about all of this is because that I know Cam Cam did want to still play for Carolina. He wanted to still prove he had what it took. And now <laughs> all the blind Cam haters that are going, oh, I told you you're never going to win a Super Bowl with Cam. Or, oh, I told you he's not the guy. Or, he's a bad quarterback. Or, you know, he didn't die for it. They're all just eating this up right now. And so even if it's not with us, I would like Cam to be successful somewhere. I would like for him to get back to the MVP caliber. Well, just because of the person that he is. And how much he meant to the city. So where do we think? I think Cam, hopefully, I think the best fit for him as a team would be the Patriots. I think he has a better chance to be successful there. 
Um, it's a different style, but he is a different quarterback now. His body's different. He might have to stick in the pocket a little bit more. He might benefit from some dink and dunks, getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker than we would on the Panthers. Personality-wise, I think he would hate Boston. I think he would absolutely hate that city. He would probably like to be in L.A. more with the Chargers, but I don't think that the Chargers would work out for him. I don't think there's anything that anything he could do there in reality. I think they're sticking with Tyrod, but go ahead. Well, that too. And they're probably also going to stick with Tyrod because why would you not? Um, but so I think the Patriots would be his best fit if he goes the, if he goes anywhere. I just don't want this to be the end of his career. I can't imagine it being the end of his career. I'll defer to those guys. Yeah. You go know, ahead, Tom. Yeah, me as well. I, I just really want to see Cam be successful. Uh, hopefully we don't have to play him so it's not Steve Smith part two against us when Steve was with yeah, the Ravens awesome. and tore us up. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But um, it's kind of unfortunate how this happened, and a lot of teams already kind of filled the spot at quarterback. I think the Patriots are his only option to start next year, and it's kind yeah. of interesting. There's so many quarterbacks, but not enough teams. Like Jameis Winston's still for agent. You know, Cam's on the market, and then we got the draft. And really the only quarterback need I see right now is the Patriots because, you know, Bengals are going to get Joe Burrow. Um and then I was thinking maybe the Bears, too, for a little bit. But then they traded for Nick Foles. So it seems like their quarterback room set. Um, and then with the Chargers, it seems like they're going to you know, stick with Tyrod and then maybe draft somebody um, at six. But my, my guess would probably just be the Patriots for now. Um, you know, it's crazy. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think it's going to be the Chargers. And I think the only reason why you've seen the Chargers say they're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor is because, well, now you don't have to trade for Cam. So – there's no, there's no going to get him. We'll wait for him to be released because you, they've ruined, it, they've ruined his trade value. And Tyrod's a obviously a backup. He's a backup quarterback. He's going to win you about what five to six games. You're going to be in the top ten drafting again. And you still have weapons. You you still have Mike Williams. You still have Keenan Allen. You you have Austin Eckler. I don't really know too much about him, but you have pieces on that defense as well, along with you know uh, Derwin Adams. Uh, Melvin Ingram. There's still pieces over there that where that team can win right now if you get a quarterback. It's, yeah, you, you're you're a quarterback away from being from competing again in the AFC West. Uh, I, I I'm rolling with the Chargers. I'm I'm rolling with the Chargers. I think that team is ready to win now. Drafting the quarterback means you're gonna have to hope he's good enough to play from day one and hope he can develop quickly enough to be able to take advantage of the talent they, that they have around him. So you know, that's that's my pick. Uh, all right, so let me be the bad guy here. I think one thing is how healthy is he? You know, do we know that he is completely healthy? Number two, I think uh, Tyler mentioned it. There's so many things that have already taken place. The options are kind of at a, at a minimum. And now, you know, I think Joe Flacco is done. I think, you know, the Broncos, he's done. He'll retire. Where does Jameis end up? You know, do you want Jameis Winston? Do you want Cam Newton? I don't know. I can't see Jameis in new England. Um, I think Cam's a much better ball player. I'm a little concerned about his health. Um, and so I think and, – and I think he will be released. I don't think – the trade option's gone. Yeah. He's going to be released, which good for him because then he'll at least have a choice. I'm going to give you the dark horse and stay with me. I wouldn't be stunned that he ends up in Jacksonville with the Jags. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. I think Jags – and here's the gist. Jacksonville is – Somewhat of a dumpster fire right now. We know that. But they need something. They need some type of excitement. Or that franchise will be in London. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. 
Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Or gone. And could this be the saving? Are you really going to go with the mustache, Garden Minshew? I mean, are you really going to go with that guy? Well, it or, is Florida. You know, it is Florida. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, I don't know if Bill Belichick's like, hey, listen, I'm going to figure out a way to, dr- you know, trade up. I'm going to get my quarterback. We're going to go that route. I'm just going to work with him. Can Cam work with Josh McDaniels? Can Josh McDaniels create an offense for Cam, which is a different ballgame? I, I, yeah. I still think you got to let Cam be Cam. Cam Cam Newton will always be Cam Newton, and I just don't see him in his mentality of being that pocket passer. I think he still wants to run. I still think he wants his first downs. So really, to me, I could technically I, – I don't know. The Jags, to me, would be a dark horse. We haven't heard it. We haven't heard about it, but it'd be interesting. I hadn't thought about that, and it's not horribly far off because Gardner is young, and, I mean, he didn't even finish out the year that well. And so I think you could see that. I would not want him to go there. I think that would be like – I mean, it, it – it would be good for the city to be a good team. I don't think that that would, that would do anything. I mean, and there's always, of course, the final bus stop for every Panthers player. He could end up north in Buffalo. They have Josh Allen, but you might as well have Judd Cam right next to him. I mean, who knows what that could do. I wouldn't mind seeing that, whether it's a backup or a dual quarterback system. Try to do the first dual quarterback system in the NFL. But, I mean, either way, I, and we, I feel like it's the slogan of the Panthers fan base in the last five years. I hope he can go somewhere and be successful. I feel like we've said that for Greg. We've said it for TD. We said it for literally – we said it for, I think, every player that we've let go in the past two, three years. So, like, to wrap, I, I hope he can go somewhere and be successful. It sucks that it wasn't here because we don't know how to manage talent in <laughs> Charlotte. We don't know how to put weapons around. And that's another thing that's awful about all this. We finally – for the most part, have talent around Cam. The line's still iffy, but in terms of weapons, this is probably the most weapons that Cam has had since the, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, TD, or Teddy, uh, Ted Ginn Olsen year before the Super Bowl. And the problem was, is that now we have weapons around him, then he gets injured. You realize him and CMC did not have one full season together where they both started. Yeah. Their only full year together at all was his rookie season, and he wasn't starting that year, and they still went 11-5. and five. Imagine what both of them would do if they were both healthy throughout the entire year and both starting. And that's what's so upsetting about all of this is because we're in this now this no man's land of a team where we're not rebuilding, but we're but we're making these op we're, we're trying to rebuild, but we're also making moves for the future to set up success. And we have this young talent, but we also have all these holes. The whole team is just in this this limbo hamster area. wheel, hamster wheel, yeah. that, whatever you want, the twilight zone or wherever it is. I just don't know what we're trying to do here. And it seems that and this free agency has kind of been telling, too. Because we've done that same kind of thing we always do in free agency. We re-sign a player, we get one B-list player, and then a bunch of no-names. Or a bunch of guys that have potential and fit the system. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. 
Bargain bin players. That's what they are. They're what? Bargain bin players. Yeah, great value. We're shopping <laughs> solely at the great value section. That's all we do. Because you look at the guys we added now. I mean, you added Teddy Bridgewater. That's a that's a B, that's a B list player. You add Seth Roberts. That's probably a B list receiver, not making a splash on many teams. Then you get we re-signed Trey Boston. That's the best thing we've done. Thank it's you. Fine. Good. Yeah. You need to do that. Yeah. And C- Stephen Weatherly and Justin Burris, both guys that have potential and can fit the system, but they're unproven and they need, you know, they, I mean, some of the play, I watched some of the plays that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, John Allen put out and Tyler, the thread you posted as well. He does seem like, I mean, it's looking like, and Shantish, you said it earlier, he's like a younger Mario Addison. And I like that. That excites me. I would like that. And now that we're going back to the 4-3 system, that makes me feel a whole lot better as well. But what additions do you, and then John Miller and Keith, Kirk, Keith Kirkwood. Who? What? If I, I I know Keith Kirkwood. Google my signings. Like, I just, I don't understand. So, okay, who do you all think is the, uh, which edition do you all really like? What's your, what's your favorite edition? Or resign? Stephen Weatherly. Really? I like, I like Stephen Weatherly. I think, uh, going back to that 4-3, of course, is going to help what we usually do because we didn't have a personnel for the 3-4 anyway. So, I think this solves that problem. Um, I, I like him. I physical guy, not a not a flashy pass rusher. It doesn't it doesn't nothing that just off the screen. But I just I I know what he's what he can be, and that's a rotational defensive end. As depth, if you can go once you start getting in, in these big in these bigger moments where you just need a guy to just make just go make a play. You just need somebody. You need you need a solid rotational guy. I think he can be that. So I, I'll, I'll roll with Stephen Weatherly. Yeah, you know, I think you hit it, you know, right on the head with they're just bargain bin players, and it, it's all kind of like downgrades, you know. Like, I feel like you know we released Eric Reed and, and you know Justin Burris is you know, you know he has potential if it's the system, and so maybe he could uh, come in, but I don't know for sure. And then Stephen Weatherly, like, I don't know if he's up to par with Mario Addison. We'll see. I mean, you guys saw the thread I did. If not, definitely check that out. But um. You know, he has, like, he can play kind of all all across the D-line and bring some pass rush potential, you know, as, like, a rotational guy. But, you know, like like you kind of touched on, I'm, I was most happy with, you know, just bringing Trey Boston back and just solidifying that free safety role that, you know, is so important. You know, Trey's been really good for us, and I'm glad, I'm glad he came back after, I think he was with Arizona for a little bit. So, you know, I'm glad we just, you know, just took one less need off the board. That was huge. Yeah. I think if I if I look at it, I'm gonna go with Trey Boston. I mean, if you've got to face <laughs> Drew Brees twice, Tom Brady twice, Matt Ryan twice, and Matt Ryan can get the job done, you better have somebody in that secondary who can be a leader and um, can can do that. And then Teddy, listen, I don't even know who the other guys are, so forget it. Yeah. Um, but for me, Teddy, you know, as an owner, as much as we talk about Teddy, you got to fill the seats. And, and if you don't have Cam, you daggle well better have somebody, a name, that can fill the seats. So I think Teddy to fill the seats along with CMC, of course. But, Trey, you gotta, you got to face those uh, quarterbacks a total of six times. You better have somebody back there. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're saying. And so, and now it's still and, – and so, like I said, we've done what we normally do. We address some of these holes that we didn't think we had and leave some of these more obvious – problems open so what holes do y'all see that still need to be addressed and are there any players that are still out there on the you know in free agency that we could pick up that might solve these problems what are some thoughts that come to mind off xavier rose at the cornerback position we've talked about it before we, i did a whole money in the bank on it like we still need to fill that number one corner spot i think he's a guy you can get for cheap 
a guy that's had success in this league that he, he just can't command that much money because I know why you got released from from Minnesota. I, we 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 all saw it. He struck. He struggles with, with with these quicker guys. He struggles with down the field and getting the football. So I mean, I think for us, he would be great. Great compliment to Dante Jackson. The complete opposite of what Jackson is, but you know, still gives us though that big body corner that can play against a Mike Evans, a Julio Jones, and a Michael Thomas for that matter. Yeah, um, left guard, linebacker, um, maybe a safety, uh, corner. Uh, Two defensive linemen and a defensive end. But all in a pair of trees. Yeah, I mean, no, really, those are all, all needs. I mean, teach their own like different, you know, how much. But I would, you know, in the Money in the Bank episode, I talked about um, Isaiah Simmons, Derek Brown, and Jeffrey Okuda all filling different needs. And you know, we only have one first round pick to get one of those guys. So I was hoping they would knock one of those needs out in free agency. But here we are with still all three of those being needs. I think uh, you know, with 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 Brady, Breeze, Matt Ryan, you gotta get to the quarterback. You gotta get to the quarterback. So dark horse, not not gonna happen. But I think for every Panther fan, if you could go get Clowney, if you could go get Jadavion Clowney and bring him closer back home, South Carolina boy, in terms of where he went to school, that'd be great. I think it's a reach. I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it, I've heard it's down to two teams on that. So. Um, but I think you got to go, uh, whether it's draft or whatever. To me, you got to get that guy who's going to. You know, listen, Tom Brady's good until you get him pressured. As soon as you get the pressure on him, it's it's a whole different ball game. Drew Brees, get up there in age, get pressure on him. Matt Ryan, get here's the gist. You, what we have the youngest youngest quarterback by age easily. Oh with yeah, Brid- with Bridgewater. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you got three old guys, three old guys that can still get the job done, but put pressure on them. I think you got to get that defensive lineman um, somehow. Yeah, no, and it's it's uh, upsetting because and you lost Gerald McCoy, which I don't. I was I was upset with that. We'll I, talk about that yeah, later I, too. That, that but, one that one kind of got to be a little. But like you had all these guys that are out there that didn't <clears throat> didn't take that much money. They got deals done. David Bakatari, you could have gotten him, but you got freaking John Miller, or you could have gotten maybe you know uh, uh, Linval Joseph, or 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 um, or even Vic Beasley Jr. And said you got. Stephen Weatherly. And so I, there's some of these guys that I thought maybe you could have had. And there's still people like, I'm not going to pay Logan Ryan that much money because I know he's going to want more money. But you could still have tried for Logan Ryan of some sort or some facet. So, But you look at, too, how many times those top-tier guys have failed. That's fair. And you get somebody like you know Weatherly or something like that who turns out to be yeah. a, a heck of a, a free agent. But the O-line is not a position where I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I feel but- like the O-line, you don't have it where it deteriorates that much you have people like like i mean andrew Rodwell is still doing well in the job uh, still doing well in the jags you know you still have or you have i mean um you have some you just have some other guys that i would not have gone for like a, like russell okung it's just right it's interesting and it's what we do so what free agent do we think first off will have the biggest impact on the team he will have whether it's negative or positive and then which uh free agent will be the most successful because i believe that these are different questions they can be the same answer but in my mind, so Teddy's going to be the most impactful. He's going to have the biggest impact. If he plays, I mean, that, there's no question about it. If he plays well and plays to his potential, then we might win eight games and be in that no man land. If he plays poorly, it didn't really matter anyway. But now we're so, and, and especially if Cam goes somewhere and plays out of pocket, then that's going to look like the stupidest decision we've ever made. And then most successful, I think, honestly, God, will actually be Justin Burris as of right now, unless we fill some other, unless we get someone in the draft or do something. I think that. Because Eric Reed kind of played that position quietly. I mean, he made, he made some big hits. He got a, a, like a pick or two. But Justin Burris, I think he could have 
he could kind of blow. He's he could be. I think he can make a lot of noise and a lot of wave at at that position. Um, coming off a tray, I think if they could, because the cornerbacks are going to be something we're going to be focusing on more, and the safeties might be something we have to rely on a bit more. So I think Burris could have could be, could be the most successful in my opinion. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I'd probably go most successful being Trey Boston. You know, once again, you know, coming back. I mean, it's kind of a boring answer, but. He's a starter. He's going to come back. Free safeties. It's going to be a pretty big impact position. Um, of course, I think Teddy will be, uh, you know, have the biggest impact overall. You know, just being the quarterback. And um, I'm also interested to see what Stephen Weatherly does and how that whole defensive line rotation works this year. And you know, I think on third down pass rush situations, you know, having Weatherly, Brian Burns out there, um, you know, Kwan Short, like that could be a pretty solid duo there. But I guess we'll just have to see. Um, so probably Boston. Yeah. Uh, so for my biggest impact, obviously it's the quarterback position. You can't, you're not getting more impact than any other position than, than quarterback. So Teddy Bridgewater definitely had the biggest impact, most successful. Trey Boston. It, it's real. It's it can't really even try to be different on this one. Like Trey Boston is going to be the most successful because he's been one of the most successful players we've had. You know, when, since he's been here. You know, so he. He's he's grown up he's grown up here in Carolina as far as like his NFL career and getting through those growing pains. I think he's going to continue to be now he's going to be the voice of that secondary now being the lone veteran leader in there now. So I mean, it's gonna, I'm going Trey Boston with the most successful. I think that I'm going to change the wording a little bit and not use the the biggest impact or the most successful. I'm going to put the most pressure. That's true. Yeah. Who's got the most pressure? Because you bring in free agents or you re-sign your guys, that's a lot of pressure. So for me, I think, you know, and, and you guys have talked about both of them. I think for, you know, when we talk about most pressure this year, obviously, Teddy, you are the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. You are the starter. They have said, this is your team. Go out and lead them. And try to lead them to something better than 8-8. Eight and eight. Try to get them to, you know, the playoffs and stuff. And then, you know, Trey Boston, you know, hey, back. You're going to play the spot. So for me, you know, I'll be curious to watch those two um, and how they handle the pressure of it all. And and when you think about that, the biggest impact also. Yeah. Most successful, um, I hope everybody's successful. I hope they all have a great year. Um, and, it, and it just proves that maybe the organization, the front office, made some smart moves. Well, we better hope they have because they did let a, a handful of players go. And not to any surprise, except for one or two. Um, I mean, you see, obviously, the biggest surprises in my mind that they actually let him go. We're Cam and Eric Reed. I mean, Eric Reed going, I, not something that I foresaw. I don't know whether or not it needed to happen or not. It's left to be seen. Um, but then, of course, you know, Gerald McCoy, Bruce Irvin, uh, Mario Addison, they knew that those guys were going to be out the door. They're older, getting older up there, you know, didn't want to buy those contracts. And then you have some guys that needed to go. They needed to leave. Uh, Bruce, or uh, Colin Jones, James Bradbury, and it's not official yet, but I, I know we're not talking to Greg Van Roten anymore, so we're probably not going to keep him. But um, which player would y'all have wanted to keep other than the ob- other than what might be the obvious? I don't know if it is obvious or not. I know what my answer would be, and that obviously my answer would have been would have been Cam or Gerald McCoy would have been the players that I would have liked to keep at least around for another year. Um, but what about y'all? Uh, I'm gonna go with Gerald McCoy because I think it, it shows up a need that we now we don't have we don't have to look to the draft to go fill. I think yeah. it would it, it would have kept things. You know, it would have kept him around for another couple years where, you know, we can we can still survive at that position. But I understand him being plus 30, don't, you don't want to pay that money for him. Like, you don't you don't want to continue to pay a guy. And, and because of the, 
because when I thought I, I thought I knew the direction of this team. So at the time, I thought, you know what, maybe we'll let him go. We'll go young. We'll just go be bad. But now that we signed Teddy, I was like, okay, well, probably could have kept him. Yeah, I'll go Jerry McCoy as well, actually, just because, you know, we're going back to that 4-3, and I think having him and Kwon Short next to each other, and kind of like a instead of being in a 3-4 this year, I think that would work better in a 4-3. But I also don't know what their plan is for the draft and if they're planning to, you know, maybe go with Derek Brown at 7 or Javon Kinlaw. Um, so... That's probably who I would keep. I'm okay with that. We let Bradbury walk. Um, he got paid, though, uh, for the Giants, which, I mean, good for him. But um, I'd probably, you know, out of all those guys, would have liked to see Joe McCoy stay. I think, you know, you, you hit something on the head with Bradbury. He got paid. Uh, but now you better live up to it. You, you daggone well better live up to it. And that's the big, you know, the big risk of free agency. For me, I think Eric Reed, um, just that leadership that veteran leadership that you sometimes in a team that's kind of in disarray to have that, that leadership factor um, to me, that's somebody that I, you know, would have kind of like seen Gerald McCoy. I get it. He's up there in age a little bit. Same thing though, that veteran leadership been around um, has that kind of, you know, go get them attitude and stuff. So the veterans, sometimes that you let go, um, I get it that they're up there in age, but sometimes that age, um, since I'm the eldest here, <laughs> Being, being that leadership, um, you know, that, that, that says a lot. So, for me, it would probably be Eric Reed and Jarrell McCoy. Yeah, because Eric Reed, that was another thing. Like you said, that was a position that we didn't – that we have now created a void in. And unless they're going to go get, uh, you know, um, Jefferson in the draft at that seven, if that's we're going to spend it on, we now like, – like Ty was saying, we have now three positions that we could need to fill and probably need to fill in that first round. So, no matter what they do, they're going to miss out on someone. Because leadership, yeah, he had – I mean, he had some. He was a bit vocal. But it was – Gerald McCoy, in my mind, he stepped in and became a leader right off the bat. When you really think about how vocal he was, how how transparent he was to the fans and going, look, we are not playing to our level. We need right. to step up and do better. I mean, on the field, too, he immediately brought that leadership. And that's what I thought. He, and he still had something in the tank, I think. I don't think he – I don't know what he'll do. In, I mean, in, in Dallas, he could do literally anything, and it won't really matter because it's Dallas. But, yeah, I mean, that's what – it was just like you were talking about. Eric was – not a whole now we've created a problem that we now need to fill and i and if, whether they think I, I don't know if burris fills that problem i don't know if he does or not and i don't know if you try to get simmons in the draft or not i i don't really know but lord knows that in my mind there are some players that i'm glad are off of the team it was players we didn't get because that was one segment we didn't have we kind of had it but when shanti's and i had our money in the bank of players that just drive us angry to our core and some fans think that i i, I didn't believe that greg van roten did enough in this draft, I thought he was, or in this past season, I thought he was the problem more often than not in a revolving offensive line. I saw more issues coming from his side of the ball. Um, so I'm okay with letting him go. And then um, uh, Colin Jones, I could not stand him. And I'm very, <laughs> I could not stand him. I just, he didn't, he was a pure special teams player. And when you're not as good as Matthew Slater, then there's no reason for you to be, I hated that he was a captain. I did not understand why they made him a captain. And I'll never forget, there was one announcer, we were playing the Saints about two or three years ago, and I kid you not, it was a punt return, and Colin Jones made a pretty, like, he, he hit him right off the catch, and it was a good tackle. But in a, in the in this year, we had not only, we had McCaffrey, we had Cam, we had Luke Keekley, and the announcer, in complete, in a straight voice, goes, yeah, Colin Jones, he's probably the most athletic man the Panthers have on that team. 
And I thought I had a stroke. And then I heard something wrong. I was like, you, did you just say that Colin Jones is the most athletic person the Panthers have on the team when you have a behemoth at quarterback and one of the most versatile, that just, I've never liked Colin Jones. And that was, that was very odd. So in my mind, I'm glad they're gone. But what, what, what do y'all think? What were some players that needed to get out of here? Yeah, the way yeah. you felt about Colin Jones is how I felt about uh, Brenton Burson a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- that's how I felt about him. But um, Greg Van Rotten for me, probably just because, uh, you know, pro football focus. I mean, I know they've been kind of in the news uh, lately, and I, I know Jess tweeted about it. But um, I um, do not like them, but that's another story. Well, that's yeah, another that's a whole like other story. But, I yeah, do not like, like highly. He was highly graded by them, but I really didn't think he was that good for us. And so I think moving on from him is just fine. And, you know, bringing in John Miller is probably, you know, just about the same. So I'm fine with letting us um, let Van Roten off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was seeing Colin Jones, bro. I mean, you know, it, it, it's really just at the time where we actually had to start him. And it's like, oh, God. And you start to realize, I'm like, okay. We started for a couple games. It was bad. So it why do we so keep bring, so why do we keep breaking them back? What could Kyler Jones possibly be doing in this locker room that is that great that we just <laughs> gotta well we we gotta keep him. We can't go get nobody else. Nope, don't draft anybody. No, nope, don't draft him. We got Colin Jones. I bet. It was so when I remember when we cut uh, who was it? Who was our was it golf? Whoever we didn't have a we didn't have a safety. After I was Mike Thomas had left, and I was like, "Are you mean yeah. to tell me? Are you mean to tell me that our starting safety is Colin Jones?" And then we did nothing to address the problem. I, they realized, okay, we need to have someone else, and that's when they signed Eric Reed. And then that one game, Eric was injured, and Colin had to come back. And I'm like, "Oh my God, he's so poor at this position." You're talking Tom Jones? No, Colin. Yes, honestly, <laughs> Tom Jones would probably be a better free safety than Colin Jones is. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna blow everybody's mind here, but I think the one that Bye-bye. See ya. Um, even though he had a good year, um, Bruce Irvin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not oh, yeah. And, and the reason I think Bruce is this. Bruce, no matter what, will always kind of be the Seahawk. Mm-hmm. Part of that that great run they had, and it's just – you go team to team, whatever, blah, blah. It's just still – now he's back in Seattle. Yeah. Let and him, I think it's where he wanted to be. Yeah, let him do that. And it was just – everything was kind of a stepping stone. I think his mind was, uh, I'm better than I am. Um, and, and I think to let him go and, and head back to home to Seattle, let him go. He did some good things. I mean, I think he had eight sacks, he, eight and a half sacks. He had a good and, season. And, so, and, and that's great. But still, in the back of his mind, he I think he was playing with Carolina going, how can that get me to the next step, which may have been back to Seattle. That, that was my thought. So, see ya. Yeah, his whole signing, too, was just, in my mind, a slap in the face to TD. Because, uh, yeah, I, you, I mean, I understand that Bruce Irvin can play that hybrid position better than TD did in this new in this new defensive scheme. But in reality, when you go and you cut TD because you're saying, because of his age, we don't want to pay you that much. And then and Bruce is not a youngster. No, Bruce was almost exactly as old right? as TD. And we set um, the a contract that Bruce got compared to the contract that TD got were almost mirrored. So you weren't paying any much more for Bruce Urban, who is a less of a talent right. and does not. I mean, and so that was to me, in my mind, I never even gave Bruce a chance. I mean, he had, you know, he, I mean, he, he had, but I mean, the one place. The Seattle system made him. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. The Seahawks, that whole, that whole the deal. The Seattle system has made a lot of players that are better than they're supposed to be. Richard Sherman. Bobby Wagner. Don't get nope. Don't get started on Bobby. Oh, I, oh, I will get Richard started Sherman. on Bobby. Anyway, go ahead. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do Richard. Don't, don't do Richard. Don't do Richard. Richard, Richard has performed well. 
Yeah, Richie don't do Jones. that. <laughs> but Earl Thomas, that's who you can go after if you'd like to. Or Cam Chancellor. You don't. But Richard was probably the one person that was able to get out of that. But regardless, um, so okay, what player do you think is going to create the biggest problem for us because of their absence? In my mind, you know, as of right now, until we fix the problem, it's James Bradbury. We can say whatever we want about him. I mean, but Bradbury, in his time, he did lock up receivers fairly well. You know, especially the receivers that we had to play in the FC South. He didn't make any big splashes in terms of on the stat sheet and interceptions. He might have had what like six interceptions at most in his tenure with us. And that's not great at all. I mean, he's not going to, he was never going to be that kind of flashy guy, but I mean, now we have in a position that had been our, one of our biggest holes in the past five, six years. And now again, it is another big hole that we have to fill, whether it's the draft or in free agency. So in my mind, James Bradbury, he has now created that problem and it could also be Eric Reed. But like I said, with Burris, I don't know how that's going to hand, uh, that's going to go out, but what do y'all think? Um, losing Mario Addison, losing your leading pass rusher. It's because even though I like Weatherly, you don't know whether you can match that production. Even because you know, for for the last what three to four years, Addison's sitting around that nine to ten range as far as sacks, and it's hard. The the you want all you need to do in this game is get to the quarterback, and if you lose yeah. guys that can't they get they get to the quarterback, then you lose a lot of what you can do on the defensive side of the ball. So replacing those sack replacing that sack number is going to be tough with letting go of Mario Mario Addison. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, for me, Gerald McCoy, just losing another piece on that defense. Um, and, you know, now in the four, three, he'll be like an every down player in there, um, you know, next to short, but you know, no, now, now he's gone. Vernon Butler's also gone. And I don't know if we brought back Kyle Love. So we might only have one defensive tackle on the roster right now. I think, I, believe. I think we, we might signed- have Kyle Love. But at the very same sense, I we also could have cut love, honest to God. I really, yeah. I really well, okay, for you forgot about uh Chris Chris Smith. We did we do have him. All right. But Lord yeah. knows what to do. Um uh-huh. and I mean, and, that, and that's again, it's the same thing. We have there's so many fits of that draft pit at that number seven spot. There's so many guys that are in there that we uh, Okuda, Simmons, or Brown, or Kinlaw, but we can only we pick one of them. Yeah. We can't get more than one. So yeah. you created all these. And then the problem is, too, I mean, defensive back or uh, safeties and corners is probably the one lacking further in the draft. We have a little bit more defensive linemen, a little bit more offensive linemen as you go further in our draft. But in reality, not that much. And so with that second pick, you got that second pick is going to be so pivotal. That second and third round pick, which we know Herney is not good at doing and not he does not utilize those picks pick well. So. That's very scary, but uh, we, we got a topic. But who do you think is going to be the ba- the biggest hole, or who's going to create the biggest hole? I would have said Bradbury. Yeah, I would have said Bradbury. Um, but I don't care how good of a DB you are, if you if you've got Brady throwing the ball, and I talked about it, Breeze okay. throwing the ball, Matt Ryan throwing the ball. You, as Shanti said, you got to get to him, and that's what um, Tyler said also. So you know whether it's McCoy or Ad, you know you lost those two. Um, if you can't get to those guys, yeah, they will pick you apart. Yeah. They will and it would call it dink and dunk, call it whatever you want. They will tear you apart. So I think losing those two guys up front to me is is the biggest. I'll I'll go with Mario Addison. Although McCoy, like I said, you, you could go either way. Bradbury, I like I said, I don't care how good you are. Those guys, you got to get to them and you got to knock them down. Got to you got to rough them up to beat them, and that's the only way you're gonna do it. Well, so yeah, I'll, I'll go those guys. Yeah. Well, in reality, that's been the state of the NFC South for the last seven years or so, and that's been the stable of the Panthers defense. We've never had. A great defensive back group. We really never have, uh, since uh, except for the years of Chris, you know, Chris Gamble and Charles Godfrey. We've never had a great. Oh, honestly, we really haven't. I mean, 
even when we were at the Super Bowl, it was, I mean, it was, you know, uh, it was Bradbury and it was, um, or was it Bradbury? No. Mm-hmm. No, it was um, Josh no, Norman. And, it was Norman Cortland and uh, Cortland, yeah, Cortland, Cortland Finnegan. Finnegan. Cortland Finnegan, freaking mm-hmm. uh, um, Kurt Coleman with- and Charles Tillman. Like, that's who we had. Oh, yeah. So, but because the Panthers defense in its entirety is what it's been. Because, like you said, we've, our linebackers have never been very big pass rushers. They really, I mean, for the most part. We've had coverage linebackers. Some of the best coverage linebackers to ever play the game, in my opinion, in Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. Shaq kind of provided that firepower off the edge. But there's some of them. I mean, most of our picks that Super Bowl year were from Shaq and, I mean, were from uh, TD and Luke. And then you had these pass rushers off the edge with these plugging and run-stopping defensive tackles. Now, we have none of those things. We don't have one of any of those things on any single level. We still have Shaq and Burns that can create some sort of pressure but in that mid-level, especially when you have these quarterbacks that are dinking and dunking, you need to keep your linebackers in zone in that in that second level and hope that your front four can get to the quarterback. Right now, Kawan is getting up there in age and getting off of there in injury. I don't know if he's got that explosiveness off the line to get to the quarterback that quickly when he's not, especially if he's going to be double-teamed. Because right now, if I'm offensive line playing against the Panthers, he's the only person I'm blocking in reality off that front four. He's really the only person I'm blocking. So, and I don't, we'll see what Let Weatherly does and we'll see what, you know, Chris Smith does. And we still have the explosiveness of Burns when we get him for a full season. And Shaq still is going to – now Shaq's going to have to be the anchor of this entire defense. That's also a little bit scary to me because I don't know – Shaq has learned has gotten to learn from TD and Luke for a long time. What has it been, four years now? Yeah, and you hope that you can get three years with TD, four years with Luke. You hope that he was able to absorb every piece of information. But this is the first year now that it's the entire defense is on Shaq. And I don't know – how that's going to translate. And so that's the best the problem with defense. Like our offense seems now at least a little bit consistent. We have the same kind of big holes, but now our defense where it was normally just defensive backs that were the problem. It's really now our entire defense. that's up in the air. I mean, the only people, like I said, that I really have trust in right now and full trust is Shaq, Trey and KK. And that's really it. And not even, and KK and, and Trey still, don't even really have my 100% trust just because of their, you know, KK's injury history and Trey's just, I mean, he's been consistent, but Lord knows how, now he's the only person in reality because Dante's way too young and too hot-headed and we don't know about anybody else. So that's the that's the state of the team that we're in right now. Agreed. And it's a very, it's a tumultuous time in the NFL and in the Pan- for the Panthers in itself. And I'm very interested to see, uh, very interesting to see what the next few years are going to be like for the Panthers and maybe – For the next few weeks. For the next few weeks for the Panthers and Lord, maybe a spot will open up in the Bills brawl and we can, I, I can head there because <laughs> Lord knows they're, they're – they, they completely they – they are further cementing the narrative that they're the Panthers of the North. They really, are, they really are. They're signing Mario Addison. I mean, all they have to do tomorrow is sign Cam. And then you're the Panthers of the North because they still have – they still have Philly – they still have um, star, uh, they got Vernon Butler too, did they not? They have I think yeah. they have Vernon Butler. Yeah, they have Vernon Butler and yeah. Star Tulele, unless they cut him. I don't think they did. They have, no. They have I know they have a running back. I don't remember who. I they have one of the running backs. It's not Artis Payne or, F- or Fozzie. It might be I don't remember who it is, but they have a lot of players that were former Panthers still. <clears> if you check <throat> that roster, and I think unless they cut Joe Webb, they still have Joe Webb. Um, but so it's just in my mind the Panthers of the North. That's good. I, I love that for Sean McDermott. I love that for that team. And hell, if they get if Stephon Diggs can pop off with them this year, which I think he might be able to, and say they signed Todd Gurley, imagine that on that team. That would be that would be dirty. That's but, actually uh, 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they should really just be the the Northern Panthers. Just call them that. That's fine. But um, like it's been not as as a horribly long an episode as I thought it was going to. But hopefully, like I said, thanks to free agency, we had a lot to talk about here. I keep refreshing my phone just to make sure that nothing. So yeah, okay, that's <laughs> nothing's a, going down. Bit of an inside, a bit of an inside look into the Panthers brawl. We normally record on Wednesday uh, Wednesday nights because for the NFL news cycle, normally you have nothing. Not a whole lot goes on Thursday, and normally we've been able to. You know, we've, we've, especially in the off season now in the regular season, we'll probably change up our recording times to, you know, allow for everything to, you know, to occur. But so today it is Thursday as we're recording because I wanted to wait until the last possible second to see what was going to happen in terms of free agency. Because say we record something about cam or something about, you know, what we do and then we record it and then something different happens. Well, then that whole 12 minutes of talking was for nothing. So that's, that's kind of why we recorded a little bit later, but, uh, so again, we thank y'all for kicking with us. We've got uh, our kicker for the day. Sure. Is that right, Jeff? A couple of interesting facts about Russell Okun. Our new offensive lineman. New offensive lineman. He played last year with a pulmonary embolism. He, he played for half the season. Half the season. Sorry, half the yeah. season. In his leg. Yikes. Do you know one hit to that, or if that thing goes, he's dead before he hits the ground? Oh, my goodness. Now, you guys know that? I that, know. That pulmonary embolism. No. One of those things that it's a blood, basically... It, it, it whatever, bam, it can kill you before you hit the ground. That's horrifying. So that's number one. The weirder part is he is the first NFL player to ever request, he wants his entire salary paid through Bitcoin. What? Paid through Bitcoin. He wants cryptocurrency. Basically, he wanted his entire salary paid through Bitcoin. I got nothing. What if, what if you get hacked? I, hey. What if you... You could pay him and, and, and... He's not all there, dude. Come on. Well, obviously he's not all there. You can play with him. embolism and want Bitcoin. I don't know. That yeah. is definitely interesting. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, well, so that's... Has, has it been... Does, how long does a pulmonary embolism last? Do we know? Is he cleared now to play? I think he's cleared, yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, that's not what you want in your in your quarterback, is, or in your lineman, excuse me, is a bad leg and a, and a blood clot. Right. And a, love, and a weird love for cryptocurrency, which... Offensive linemen, though, are weird anyway. That is yeah, fair. That's a weird. I mean, you can go back to Taylor Lawn drinking <laughs> beer through a catfish. Or Ke- Kevin, you're not weird. We're sorry. <laughs> or Kevin Donnelly, you're right. <laughs> Kevin, you're not weird. <laughs> but um, guys, like I said, it was good to be back. All four of us. Uh, we haven't had an episode together in like three weeks or so. I think it's been since we're all four have been on the podcast together. Um, the way it's going right now, we could do it twice a week, just because we got nothing but honest to God. If y'all want to post more, <laughs> I mean, because I know y'all are bored. I'm bored, Honestly. so I know y'all are bored. And as Honestly. long as the NFL free agency keeps kicking, because hopefully we don't run out of things to talk about, or we're just going to start pulling topics out of thin Something air. will happen with Cam before next week. Well, yeah, I would hope oh, so. Yeah. I mean, probably having happen. Cam with Cam tomorrow, just knowing our luck, and we'll have to tweet about it, but we can't right. tweet about it on the podcast. Um, we want to thank you all. We've been gaining some followers on Twitter. Um, we like to, we love to see that. And uh, the Brawl Network website has definitely helped pro, uh, propel that. It's a really cool thing that they're doing, and we've gotten – you know, check in on the articles as well. A bunch of articles, especially during free agency, about what's going down. Our own lovely Tyler Herberski has written a few as well, and they're Absolutely. very good articles. And we're going to be adding Thank writers you. in. I'm not going to be writing. I have, we have, I've stepped away from that. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but, again, we want to thank you all for listening in on episode nine. Eight. Eight. Oops, I can't do math. That's Is why it eight? It's eight, it's right? Eight. I can't do math. That's it's, why I'm a journalist. Eight. But, again, Thank you all so much. Um, stay safe out there. Please stay inside. Please take this all seriously, seriously so that we can all get back to our regular lives as soon as possible. Wash your hands, social distance, all that all that lovely junk. And uh, until next time, everybody, keep pounding.
Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day.